You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Hello, welcome back, sexy people, to She Said What, the podcast. I am your host, Alyssa Harper. I'm going to be taking you through this episode, which is, guys, <laughs> it's going to be a lot. I'm I'm doing a Q&A, and I put it on my Instagram stories for you, and I did it so that it was anonymous so that you guys could just ask whatever you genuinely wanted to ask. And you went deep. Okay. You went for it. You really went for it. And um, I'm excited because I'm happy to go there. I'm ready to go there. So let's do it. Um, I'm going to be answering a whole bunch of questions about me, my personal life, things to do with sex. Also giving a a lot of like advice. There's a lot of questions asking for advice in s- about certain situations. So I think those are gonna be really fun as well. And talking about like kinks, different styles of relationships, talking about kind of my history and where I come from and all these things, all these things. And it's going to be a very fun and just like funny episode. So I'm super excited because I haven't done anything like this before actually at all on the podcast. So it's gonna be great. Hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. Quick update on my week as per usual. Um, haven't done too much. Actually, I went to dinner last night with my friend. We went to a restaurant called Unamas in um, Kuji, which is like the beach area I live in. And um, we went to this dinner and it's like, it was this like all you can eat kind of thing. It doesn't sound nice, but it was actually really, it's like a nice restaurant, but they did like tapas style of their food. I don't really know. Um, and you got like two glasses of wine with it and whatever, but she wasn't drinking. And so she was like, oh, I'll just have my wine. Anyways, I came home like pretty kind of, you know, kind of off, kind of off my head a bit. And I did not mean to do that. And so I came home and I was like, fuck, what do I do now? I'm just sitting here like at home and I'm kind of like drunk. Anyways, I made made a bunch of TikToks. I made some TikToks. So if you saw those, I'm so sorry. Um, and yeah, that's basically what I did in yesterday. And, um, other than that, I've just been teaching Pilates as per usual and, you know, doing a lot of like collab stuff recently with different brands. So that's been a lot of fun because I've had a lot of cool kind of opportunities jump up and that's been a good time. So that's been my week. Other than that, that's it. I reckon we get right into the questions. There's actually so many questions and I read all of them. Obviously I left out any that were talking about other people. Like, Oh, what's your relationship with this person? Like I just can't really do that because it's, you know, them and that's super not fair. Um, but anything to do with like Sam and like our relationship and whatever, he's all cool with me sharing all that stuff. Cause obviously I talk about sex a lot on the podcast. And so, you know, kind of hard to avoid that one and he's super open. So it's great. Um, let's just start with the first question is how old are you? I am 22. Um, yeah, that's that for some reason. Am I 22? No, I am. Right. Yeah, 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 I am. See, for some reason I always question it. And I think it's because for my whole life, I always felt like I was older. People would always assume I was older or if I was like lying about my age to like get in somewhere. So I genuinely like gaslight myself when I get asked that question. (laughs) Next. Do you love your life? This is a really good question. Also, guys, just so you know, we're starting off a little bit more um, vanilla because I don't want to hit you too hard, okay? Do you love your life? I originally read this question and was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah, I love it. And I do. I really do love my life. I love what I get to do. And I'm really proud of myself for putting myself into the situation where I am now and like getting the things I want and not just 
kind of getting stuck in like the jobs and the things that I was doing that weren't fulfilling for me. Um, but I do personally feel like I've always had this sense of, I'm never quite doing enough. And it's something that I'm actually working on and have been working on for some time. It hasn't quite gone away. I think it's good. I think it's something that people kind of naturally have when they're young anyways, where they just see people doing things that they want to do. And they're like, ah, you know, I want to get there. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I think that's awesome. I feel like it's kind of a good balance to have that motivation and that like deep feeling of like, I could do more. But at the same time, it can make you feel like your current situation like your present situation isn't enough. And so I think that's what I've been working through recently is like being super present, being super available to my life right now, and then also planning for the future and also trying to do new things as well. And so I do love my life. Yes, I do. But I have an over looming sense of like no to that question as well, because I want to do more, but that's okay. I think it's okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Next question. Is social media your full-time job? If so, what did you do before that? So no, social media is not my full-time job. I do social media part-time and that usually just looks like collaborations and what, what have you on, um, TikTok mainly. I sometimes do some on Instagram as well. Um, but my following isn't as big there, so I don't really bother with it as much. Um, and then I do the podcast, which like, that's not a job for me. I just do this shit cause I love it. Literally, you guys, I don't get paid for this. Okay. This is just free content, just fun times. So that's why I do this. Um, other than that, I'm a Pilates instructor. And so I teach Pilates probably about 25 hours a week ish, which is amazing. I'm so thankful to have a job that I don't actually work full time hours for because I'm able to do social media. And yeah, that's what I do right now. Um, I work at a company called KX and um, I really enjoy working there. It's been a lot of fun. It's where I started training and it's where I started teaching and then have been teaching there for probably about like six months, maybe a little bit longer now. So yeah, I do that. Um, what else? That's basically it. Oh yeah. Then what, what, what did you say? If so, what did you do before this? Okay. Yes. I worked in hospitality for seven years. It was my first job all the way through. Um, I used to work at a restaurant that was like a five-star hotel and it was like the dining room of this restaurant it's called the prince of wales um in niagara on the lake in canada where i lived all through my life until i was 18 and um yeah i used to work there i was a hostess for most of it like yeah just was a hostess and it was chill and then i became a server and i used to the six months before i moved to australia at least five days a week, I was waking up at like 5 a.m. every day, going and working at this freaking restaurant, <laughs> like serving these old rich people and just fucking hating my life. So, you know, I was really on my grind, if you will. Yeah, it was a lot, but um, saved a lot of money. And then I was able to move to Australia. So that was pretty sick. Um, yeah, I did that. And then Actually, when I moved to Australia as well, I got a job at a restaurant called Chin Chin. It's like an Asian fusion restaurant. Super fun venue, super fun people. I actually worked there for three years. So I only stopped working at Chin Chin about like a few months ago, maybe three months ago. Because I always kept like one shift a week there, just like a little, you know, a little fun time. But then it became too much because I was doing a lot with social media and it was just like not going to happen anymore. So I actually quit that job. But yeah, so... 
worked there for a long time. Officially, I'm not working in hospitality anymore. Don't really plan to go back. Um, Definitely wasn't a passion of mine. I definitely respect people who work in it and like, fuck, like it's a hard job. And if it's something you really enjoy, I think that's awesome. But (laughs) it wasn't for me. So very happy to be teaching Pilates and doing all of my social media stuff. Yeah. Okay, next question. Pros and cons about moving to Australia. Do you want to stay there? Yes, I fucking do. I love this shit. I love it. I live five minutes from the beach. I walk down there. I sit on the rocks, have a little relax, read my book. It's so good for my soul. Like, I just never had that in Canada. I never had, like, I mean, I guess I did. I had, like, places I could go on walks and stuff, but, like, it wasn't like crazy beautiful. You know, it was nice. I mean, I mean, maybe that's just because I grew up with it, right? So you always just are going to be super desensitized to that. Um, but all growing up, if we ever went on a vacation, it was always like, oh, we're going to go to a beach. We're going to Florida. We're going to Maine. We're going to Dominican Republic. We're going to Columbia. You know, like it was always some sort of tropical place because we didn't have the ocean. And so the funny thing about moving here is for the first year, at least, I literally felt like I was on vacation and I spent like I was on vacation too, which was unfortunate actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it felt like I was on vacation cause it was, it was just like, ah, there's the ocean. But yes, I absolutely love it here and, um, met my current partner who is here and he's Australian and, um, he's awesome. Also guys, I started calling Sam my partner. For those of you who have been listening for a while, don't worry about it. It's going to come up later, okay? Just go with it. Next question. Um, Oh, wait. Something else I wanted to add to that. I do want to stay in Australia. I reckon if Sam and I ever had a reason to move somewhere else, we would move potentially to, like, the States, maybe, for, like, his music stuff and, like... I don't know, we could easily live in like California because he would have a lot more opportunity with music and like I would be able to do all my stuff from there easily. Um, But I can't really picture anywhere else. I don't plan to move back to Canada. I don't, I really don't think we will. Um, But you know, who knows? I I have so much life ahead of me. (laughs) Um, Next question. Okay. When was the last time you cried? Fuck, I actually don't know. I remember seeing this question quickly and being like, shit, when was that? Honestly, guys, some I go through like periods with like with my menstrual cycle, like I'll cry more typically around my period because duh. Um, but <sighs> last time I cried. Wait, I'm gonna pause and actually genuinely think about this. Okay, last time I almost cried was like three days ago because I felt like shit and I didn't know why. I was actually at work and I was teaching Pilates and I had six classes that day. And I literally was like, I'm gonna go in the sauna after this and I'm just gonna cry. And then I actually didn't cry. I did a meditation. And then I felt a lot better. So next time you think you're going to cry, do a meditation instead. Honestly, it worked. Um, not that I don't feel like I should cry. I just like don't want to if I don't have to. Do you know what I mean? Because like typically if I start going down that rabbit hole, my brain just goes ah, like everything fucking sucks for like no reason, even though I know things are fine. Anyways, the but the one time... Actually did cry recently. It was probably like two-ish weeks ago. And Sam and I had like a little fight, which like couples fight. Okay, relax. Everything's fine. But at the time we had like a little fight. And I think because I was really anxious that day for some reason, I started crying and I actually had like, I would say close to like a panic attack, which I haven't had in months and months and months. And I was so shook. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, yeah. And I literally felt like shit. And obviously Sam is amazing and was like, it's okay, honey. I love you. Ah, even though we were kind of in a fight. Um, but yeah, everything's fine. 
everything's fine. But at the time I was like, what the hell was that? Honestly, it was like, I'm having like war flashbacks, like back to, back to the good old days when I was diagnosed with anxiety and popping pills left, right and center. Damn. Happy to not be there anymore. Love that for me. (laughs) Moving forward. Um, what is the most stereotypical feminine thing you enjoy? And then what is the most stereotypical masculine thing? That's really interesting. I actually was posting TikToks yesterday about um, my like clothing options and how like I either just really mask or like really femme and like I don't really have an in-between and I don't really know. Sometimes I'm like sitting in the middle and I don't know what side I want to go on and I feel really like uncomfortable in my body. It's a very weird kind of thing. I feel like, what's the term for it? Um, gender euphoria. I think it's kind of like that, but I w- don't really want to say it's that as well. Cause I don't want to like misrepresent what that actually means. Cause that's actually a proper like thing. It kind of has that energy to it though, where I'm like, Oh, I don't quite feel feminine. I don't quite feel masculine. I don't really know how to feel. I don't even want to go out anymore because I get so stressed about it. Um, and I get the same way when I'm shopping. Oh my God. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, but I guess most feminine thing that I do is like, (laughs) I think it's like all my like, I don't know, this shouldn't be feminine, but I feel like people will see it this way is like all my like journaling shit, like all my like Pilates, like journaling, like all my like self carry stuff, you know, and like all my reading. I don't know. Not that that's feminine, but to me, I think of that as being like a very feminine energy thing for me, I guess. Um, most masculine thing is probably, oh, like, I guess when I dress like masculine or, oh God, this is actually a really hard question. Probably when I am like doing anything fitness that feels like really strong and like I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh, like I'm really getting into like my masculine energy. And this is the thing, right? I don't like to gender things in general. And that's why I'm like saying to you, like obviously reading isn't fucking feminine or masculine. I'm just saying to me, it feels like I'm like outworking that type of energy in that moment. So I'm going to go with that. I think those are my two answers to that one. Sorry, I did not mean to make that one so annoying to answer. That could have been a lot more chill. Next question. Okay. Things are about to get, they're about to get better. Okay. We went, we just went through the kind of vanilla stuff. Just want to make sure, you know, you get some of the ground level. Next question is how many exes do you have? (laughs) And, um, uh, I have probably, I would say like two real exes. One. So I dated somebody for three years actually in Canada before I moved to Australia, believe it or not three years. And, um, that, so then I, when I say my ex, if I ever say my ex, which I don't ever really, I don't know, I'm not like talking about this ever, but if I do, that's who I mean. Um, and then there was, there's the first guy I ever dated that I feel like in my brain, I kind of consider him an ex as well. But other than that, I've only had like, kind of like flings with people and whatever. I don't, I've never actually dated multiple people long-term because I had a boyfriend for like three years. And so obviously my, I was all busy, you know, I was busy. So I was doing that. Um, yeah, I have like two. Okay. Next question. This might be too emo for the public. haha. <laughs> but how did you know you were attracted to women too? Why is that emo? Like, was it a moment or a feeling? My sister's trying to decipher some of these things and I have no idea how to help her and was curious. Please, I love you and you're an inspo to all. Oh, that's so cute. Um, I also love that you're asking this on behalf of wanting to help someone. What the fuck? That's awesome. 
That's so cool. Um, yeah, look, how did you know you were attracted to women? Um, uh, I think I always kind of knew, but I thought that everyone felt the same. That's the thing. So I always knew that I was attracted to random, like say girls in my class or women from shows like TV shows and stuff like that, or like singers, like that kind of thing. I always knew that, but I thought that everybody felt that way as well. And then it wasn't until I got older and then people started talking about like, you know, oh, would you kiss this person? Would you kiss this person? Would you whatever, whatever. I thought it was kind of weird that people didn't have those conversations about women as well. Like girls weren't having these conversations about other women. And I remember being kind of like, ooh, that's like a kind of, that must be like kind of a dirty kind of like not, like you're not meant to think that. So I never really talked about it that much. Um, and then obviously as I got older, I started to hear more about like LGBTQ and, you know, started to see more examples of it in different TV shows and just random things. And then I started to understand what it was. And then as I kind of got into, I would say like late middle school. So like when I was like 13, 14, I started questioning it and doing like online quizzes and, you know, if you're not straight, you know, so I'm just going to leave that there. All the online quizzes to try to figure out if I liked women. And it was always like a question mark for me. And yeah, then I guess later in high school, I definitely knew it was a thing, but I never came out as bi because like, like I said, I was then dating a guy. And so for me, it was like, oh, maybe I'd be open for us to have something with a girl. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but other than that, I like it's not like we were open or anything. So it was just like, oh, I'm going to be with a guy, you know, um, and then moved to Australia and then met Sam. And then Sam and I have been together for a long time. Um, and in between that, it's not like I literally broke up with someone and then started dating Sam. It, there was a, quite a big gap, like almost a year, I would say in that time. I, yeah, I guess I had like small kind of quick relationships with girls, but it was never like a full blown relationship. Like I've actually never dated a woman, which is interesting. Um, yeah. And it's funny. Cause when I say that sometimes I still, I feel a bit of like shame around it, but you so shouldn't feel shame around it. And that's actually something I feel like is so important to note. And I think there's a question about this a little bit later on, but like if you're not experienced in that version of your sexuality, that that is not like, that's not what you are. You know what I mean? You aren't the product of the kind of experiences you've had sexually. If you're attracted to something, you're attracted to it. And you can literally have never touched another woman in your life and you can still identify as bisexual or lesbian or whatever. Like, relax. Okay. It's gonna be okay. So yes, I've never dated a woman, but I have had, um, yeah, experiences with women and all that. So, um, and I guess to answer your question, how did I know, I guess I've kind of answered that. Yeah. Like over time I always knew. And I think it just took me accepting it more and more over time, understanding what it meant for me and how I wanted to apply it to my life. If I thought it was necessary to come out all that stuff I had to go through on my own. And if you or anybody listening to this is looking for more about that specifically, I do have a podcast episode. I think it's called like all about bisexuality or like bisexuality Q and a something like that. Um, and then I really get into it there. If you're curious, next question. How did you know you found the one? <laughs> Great question. Also very funny because people ask me this all the time. And I think it's because I got married super young. 
got like fucking real talk, guys. I got married super young because I was like in a church. I was like involved in the church. I wasn't allowed to live with Sam until we got married. I would have been kicked out of school. And so I would have been kicked out of the country. Like, guys, (laughs) think, think of a cult. That was me. Okay. I was there. So, um, yeah, like that's kind of why that happened. Not because we were forced to get married or anything, obviously, because we chose to do it based off of what we knew we were and weren't allowed to do whether we got married or not, if that makes sense. So like we knew like, okay, here's the list of rules. We don't want to have to deal with these rules anymore. So we're going to get married. So we don't have to deal with those rules. So that's basically why we got married. Um, and people always kind of make fun of that. You know, it's like, Oh, obviously they're getting married so they can fuck. Like, you know, it's true, but it's also so much more than that. It's, it's not funny when you live it. Okay. It's like, you're getting in trouble for like holding hands. Like you're getting in trouble for, you know, hugging each other and oh you guys are so touchy like what are you doing privately like all that kind of shit it's bad it was really bad um but yeah I mean somehow it all worked out fuck I know this doesn't happen for a lot of couples that go through this so yeah um when it comes to how do you know you found the one in the sense of like I at least I was definitely at a place where I was like yeah I will I want to marry you for sure or at least I really want to stay with you for a very long time um I think for me I really just like I gravitated to Sam so much and he was someone who felt safe for me at all times, whether I was like super energetic and having a lot of fun and like providing value to him or if I just like wasn't, or if I was at my worst, like when Sam and I first started dating, that's when my mental health was the worst it's ever been. Should I have even gotten into a relationship? Like maybe not, (laughs) but I did. And, um, it, he was there guys. Like I cannot even tell you the things that he did for me in that time that he did not like need to, or I would have never expected of him, but he was just there for me and he wanted to be. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to be there for you to show you how I'm such a good man. It was like, he just genuinely wanted to, um, when we weren't, for example, like when we weren't allowed to like lay in the same bed, right? That was like one of the things we weren't allowed to do. Um, he was literally tucking me into bed one night when he was about to leave to go walk home back to his house. This sounds so crazy now, by the way, coming out of my mouth, it makes me sick, but I'm just being, I got to give you guys the real tea. Okay. He was like kneeling beside my bed to like hug me to say goodnight, whatever. And we just got talking and he fell asleep on his knees and we woke up at like 4am freaking the fuck out. Cause we were like, Oh my God, we're going to get in trouble. Like someone's going to, you know, someone's going to tell on us, say that you slept over here tonight. It's going to be a whole drama. I'm going to get kicked out of the country. It was like a whole fear, you know? Um, but he literally was just there with me so much. And he was like, so willing to sacrifice so much. And yeah, I don't know. I can't even explain it. I just, it felt so right. And it still feels so right. Like, you know, when he comes home at the end of the day, I'm not like, Oh, Hey, you know, I'm like so excited to see him all the time. Like to the point that we've had to try to not hang out all the time because we need to have other friends and like do stuff (laughs) and like have jobs and like, you know, it's, yeah. I just want to spend all my time with him. I fucking love him. So yeah, that's how. (laughs) Next question. Did you ever feel like your relationship with Sam felt like a mistake when you left the church? Okay, so here's the thing. My relationship with Sam, absolutely not. Um, My marriage with Sam was something that we questioned for sure. So when we left the church, 
everything kind of snuck up on us and we started to realize, oh my God, this is why we got married. This is, you know, the pressures that were on us at the time. This was blah, 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 blah. And it like, we suddenly just felt so like, fuck, have we done the right thing? Is this even right? Like what's going on? Like it just made us question everything. It was a, it was not a horrible time. It was a really hard time. I was very sensitive for like months on it when we first left the church, which is, I don't know how long ago now, maybe year and a half ago or something. So it was, yeah, it was really hard at the time. Um, and we did question, yeah, like, do we even believe in marriage? And actually, I already told you this. This is why I call him my partner now, because um, when I started kind of looking into this and learning about it and realizing why people even say husband, the fact that husband means like owner of the house and like the lineage, like the the history behind it, everything. I just don't say it anymore. Um, it's only, this is a very recent thing. And it's funny because Sam and I both started saying partner, but we didn't tell each other that we started saying partner because we felt like the other person would get mad or feel devalued or whatever. <laughs> and then like about a week ago, Sam was like, kind of, we were talking about this topic and he was like, yeah, sometimes I don't even like call you my wife. And I was like, I died laughing. I was like, me too. I literally like, I never say husband to people because I always, I'm trying to avoid the whole conversation of like, oh, you look so young. Why are you married? Blah, 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 blah. And then I end up talking to some random stranger about like my fucking trauma. Like it's ridiculous. I don't like to do that. It's just unnecessary. And I don't know, it's not healthy for me. I don't think either. And so we started saying partner and yeah, we are still married legally for sure. And our relationship's amazing, but, um, yeah, it's, yeah. Would we have gotten married if we were not a part of the church at the time? No, no. If we met right now, there's no way in hell we would suddenly be engaged in what a year from now, zero chance, zero chance, but that's okay. Everyone has their journey. You know, everyone has their story and you're not going to go back and change things. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I feel like I've learned so much and I just, you know, I couldn't, obviously I just couldn't imagine, could not imagine it. Um, anyways, <laughs> moving forward. What's it like, <laughs> this question is so funny. What's it like being married to a musician? I'm dating one right now. Yeah, you make him sound so cool. Lol. Yeah, it's, it's actually fun. It's, I like being with somebody who's creative because it makes me feel a lot more creative and he's quite inspiring for me. Like, he'll show me like, oh, babe, I wrote this song tonight. And I come in here and it's like a whole fucking production. And I'm like, oh my God, like that's crazy. And I don't know, I'll just see him like jump around from like making every part of the song. Like he literally plays like every instrument. He's, he's so talented and it, it does blow my mind and it's very um, inspiring for me. So I do really enjoy that. And I also recently started hanging out with like friends of his that are also all like musicians and stuff. And they're also a lot of fun. So I kind of like it. Cause I like the scene that he's around. I like that. He like goes out to gigs and like, I don't know, just seems to be doing cool shit. Like I just, I like being around someone who also does shit that I would do. <laughs> Obviously it's nice to have someone like, I couldn't imagine if Sam and I, or Sam or I had like a nine to five job. Like I just couldn't imagine it because our schedules would be so weird. And I feel like the person doing the job that's not the nine to five would not end up doing as well with their career because they don't have that feeling of like, oh, I have to come home and I have to push myself and I have to stay up late and I have to send in this song or finish this podcast or I don't know, whatever, you know? We are very supportive for each other in what we do and are both creative and actually give each other ideas for stuff sometimes. And yeah, 
he'll play me his songs, guys, and I'll be like, you should add a, like, a hey here. You should add a little this thing, and he will. He'll do it sometimes. Sometimes he likes my, my little opinions on his songs. So where's my writing creds, Sam? Anyways, it's great. Um, next question. Would you, <laughs> okay. would you and Sam ever have a threesome? Yes, we would. Yes, we would. Um, I don't even think I'd need to answer this any, in any more detail. It's not like we're looking, you know, like I don't want people to hear this and be like, oh shit, I'm about to hit them up. Like, not that I'm saying you would want to have sex with us. Okay. Not that I'm saying that. I, I didn't want to imply that. That sounds so douchey. I just meant that it's not like we're like looking. I just, we are definitely open to it. And yeah, it wouldn't be the craziest thing for us. That's how I'm going to put it. Okay. Moving forward, next question. Oh, these questions are all kind of similar. Yeah, this is going to be a good part. Okay. <laughs> I know it's annoying AF to be asked as a bi woman if you would have a threesome, but would you ever want to do it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I answer that. Yeah, sick. Thanks, guys. You guys really want to know about that one. Hey, um, are you and Sam monogamous? Okay. 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 Good question. Um, yes, we are. <laughs> we are right now we have actually always been monogamous and that's that's that okay <laughs> next question um your story okay it's because they lead into each other all right just hold your horses your story has been giving me vibes that you may be interested in an open relationship slash polyamory no judgment would love to hear you chat about it and where you're at um first of all what on my story makes you think that that's what I want. Is it that obvious? Is there something wrong with me? No, I'm just joking. Um, it's been a conversation is my update for you guys. Okay. It's been a conversation. It's not something that we're like doing tomorrow. We are going through a year and have gone through a year, I guess, to two where we have completely changed everything that we believe about the world, ourselves, why we're here we have literally flipped our lives on their heads. You know, we have literally changed everything about our foundation and we've questioned everything. And it's been the best thing that I have ever done. Like going through this and questioning, I don't know, everything down to is marriage like a patriarchal thing that we actually don't want to be a part of? Maybe, I don't know. So we're, we're just questioning everything. And yes, it has absolutely been a conversation. Will that happen eventually? Maybe, I don't know, maybe in like six months time, I'll have like a podcast all about polyamory, <laughs> all about how to have an open relationship with Sam Harper. Maybe that'll happen. But <laughs> as of right now, no, it's not currently happening. So just get those ideas out of your head. Okay. Next question. Um, curious about you realizing your sexuality while married and how that works. Are you and your partner experimenting with an open relationship? Okay, okay. This question is different because they're saying realizing your sexuality when you are married. And I thought it was interesting to answer because I didn't realize my sexuality when I was married. I've always known that I was bisexual, but I didn't choose to come out until after I was married. Not because I wanted to be married before I came out, obviously. It's that it was about where I was in my life at the time. So it was when I first left the church. The moment I have been in the church my whole life. So 
within probably three months after I left the church officially, that's when I came out. This was the first time in my life I ever felt safe enough to do so, um, where my support system wasn't all people who would, I guess, not agree with it or have something to say negative. It was the first time in my life where I felt like I was safe enough and I had permission from the people in my life to even think to do that. And then, yeah, that's when I came out. So it happened to be when I was married, which actually does happen for quite a few people. I've had heaps of conversations with women who are married, who are messaging me like, Hey, so I think I might be bi. What do I do? Should I tell my husband? I'm like, fuck yeah. But it's, it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. And it's actually a really interesting story that I feel like is a bit untold, not untold, but I just haven't seen a lot of examples of this, but yeah, that's how it went for me. Next question. This is funny. Was that you on Tinder in Niagara? Yes, it was. Okay. So I know I did not use Tinder when I was in Niagara, like actually use Tinder, but I was hanging out with Sam and my, one of my really good friends called Keely. And we were sat around my pool and she was talking about Tinder and all these stories about it and telling us all this funny stuff. And we were dying. And Sam and I have been together for what, almost, I don't know, a long time now, (laughs) like basically since I've been to Australia. So like three and a half years now. Um, and before that I never really used Tinder at home. Like I had it on my phone. It was more of like a, to talk to people randomly here and there, but I don't think I ever actually met up with anybody. Actually, no, I did meet up with one guy, but I already kind of knew him. Like I actually had already met him in person. So that doesn't really count anyway. So we were like, oh my God, we need to get Tinder. Like, this will be so funny. We should get it and just see. Cause like we're on vacation. We're like, whatever, who gives a fuck? Like if someone sees us on there and then we made Tinder accounts and we like went to see, we just sat there. We all did it. Me, Keely and Sam, we swiped right on everybody over and over and over and over and just kept going. And we like, it was like a little competition to see who would get the most matches. Is that bad? I don't think that's bad. It was just a fun time. Okay. Relax. Uh, yeah. So we did that. Um, I won obviously. <laughs> Sam, you better watch out if we open up. I'm gonna. I'm about to be fucking. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, but yes, we did get Tinder, but we were not on Tinder and like using Tinder. But what is funny is I had I think two, maybe three people message me to tell me that they saw my husband on Tinder to tell me that he was like cheating on me, and I was so fucking proud of you guys. I was like, honestly, it's nice to know I have spies. Like, it's so nice. Like Sam wouldn't be able to get away with shit. Like it's so good. Not that he would obviously. Okay. I feel like that was a bit much, but he wouldn't fucking dare. Okay. He wouldn't dare. Okay. We're going to move on. Have you ever had sex with a disabled person or would you? First question. Um, actually, I don't think I have. No, I don't think I have. Um, and would I? I mean, yeah. Like, disabilities are just, like, it's such a broad spectrum. Um, you can have anything from, like, a mental disability to a physical disability to, you know, there's so much. Um, for me, it's actually quite interesting because when I am attracted to people, it has so much more to just do with, like, their energy, like, their their vibe. And I've always said this. Um, and it's funny because even when I wasn't, um, I hadn't come out as bisexual, I would even say that to people. If they were like, oh, what are you attracted to? And I wouldn't say men. I would say, like, people's energy. Um, and I've always felt that. And so I think regardless of any of that shit, you know, I would never, 
I don't know. I would never consider it as like a, oh, I have a really good vibe with this person, but unfortunately they're disabled. Like, uh, obviously not. Okay. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I would if I, I mean, I'm married right now and I'm currently in a monogamous relationship. So like, not right now. Sorry. Um, but maybe eventually. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second question to this, which is kind of funny. What's the smallest <laughs> manhood you've ever seen slash been with? Um, I don't have any, like anyone that I can think of where I'm like, yeah, that was really like small. And also I have never even thought about that. I don't really, I don't, I don't care. I always thought I actually, that's another thing. I always thought that was really weird when people would be like, oh yeah, like he has like a huge dick. Like <laughs> I would be like, that sounds like a lot. Like honestly, sometimes if it's too big, it's like, you just, how do you warm up? You know, how do you, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just feel like it's so, they're all so similar. It's fine. It's all fine. So, uh, no, I'm not going to tell anything. I'm not going to say anything about this. That's, that's, that's it. Okay. I don't actually have any stories that like really stand out. So no, <laughs> it's fine. I don't have one. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Okay, next question. Um, do you want kids eventually? Yeah, I do. And um, Sam and I, when we first got married, we originally said like we wanted to have kids within five years. And it's really interesting because we've been married now two and a half or so years, almost three. And um, yeah, we're still like, wow, yeah, five years from now, that'd be sick. Like, it's weird because I think we thought we'd want them sooner. Obviously, at the time, we were too God-fearing, church-going you know, soon to be working in the church people. So very different context, uh, very different. And uh, yeah, we're definitely not doing that anymore. So uh, yeah, we um, we do for sure. And Sam, it's funny, Sam's very baby crazy. He sends me TikToks of babies genuinely probably every day, every day. And um, yeah, he, he loves children, loves it. Um, and I do too. I definitely would want a baby, but I have never had like younger siblings or even a lot of like younger cousins in my life. So I'm also a bit weird with kids. Like I'm a bit awkward. Like I don't really know what I'm meant to do with them. So I'm, I'm sure I'll be fine with my own, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I definitely am not like thinking about that right now. Um, if we got pregnant right now, I reckon we'd keep it because I think it would be really hard for us to not keep it. And I think we would just be like, whatever, this is just part of our journey. It's, you know, going to be great. I think that's what we do. Um, but yeah, we're not going to be, we're not, we're not out here trying, definitely not trying. <laughs> okay. We're getting to kind of like advice stuff now. Um, there, I'm obviously going to tell some more stories and things throughout this and, you know, give you guys some more tea, but I'm going to also kind of just answer some advice things. So let's get into that. Um, someone's asked, I've never had sex and I'm worried that I won't know what to do when the time comes. How can I, or what can I do to prepare for that? Yeah, look, um, just masturbate. Eh? Like, you know, just, I reckon like just figure out, this is genuine advice. Okay. I'm not trying to laugh. I'm not trying to joke. Okay. I'm trying to be serious. You, it would be great if you could figure out what you like, because a lot of the time people assume that we just like either what the people who they've been with in the past have liked or that they you like whatever's in porn. And porn is a horrible representation of what sex actually is. And so for you to know, I like this, I like touching here, I like this kind of pressure, this kind of speed, I like this, I like that, it would be helpful for you to be able to give that feedback to somebody. Not saying you can't explore that with somebody, 
and you can absolutely do that for the first time, but I do think it, you'll feel a lot more confident if you already have that connection with yourself in your sexuality. Um, other than that, when it comes to like preparing, I mean, obviously just practice safe sex, like, you know, wear a condom. And if, you know, if this is someone who has a penis in this situation, um, you know, just make sure that you are doing everything like with consent that you feel very comfortable doing it, that you don't rush into it to try to like get it over with. Um, and that, you know, you talk about it before, like it isn't just this thing that happens, but it is something that you feel safe in doing because a lot of people don't enjoy their first time. I actually did. I had a really great experience actually. Um, yeah. And at the time it was great and I felt very safe and I had a really nice time and I felt like I could trust the person and yeah, like it didn't hurt, which is interesting because a lot of people, I was so scared. I, I was like, Oh my God, it's going to hurt. Um, and I, yeah, I was fine, but you know, everyone's different. And I think whatever happens, don't feel like that's going to be the representation of sex for the rest of your life because it's fine. It's something that you need to practice. It's like any, I guess like skill or thing that you do in life, it just takes time to get confident in it and to find people that you actually enjoy it with. And that just takes time. So it's totally fine. It's totally cool. And just make sure you're ready. Make sure you feel safe with that person. Make sure you feel like you can ask anything or say no to anything. And yeah, just have a fun time. Next question. They said, this is a weird question, but what is your opinion on romantic or sexual relationships with a bigger age gap than seven years? Sounds a bit specific, babe. <laughs> Sounds a little bit specific, a little fishy. Um, uh, look, I think, it, I don't know. It, I don't really know. Cause this is what I was going to say. I was going to say, if you're both adults, if you're both over 18 and whatever, fuck it. It's fine. Do what you want. But saying that, when I was 18, I had a very short-lived, not relationship. I wouldn't even call it a relationship. It was purely physical. Um, when I was 18, he was 29. And, um, oh, I don't think I've even processed that one yet, to be honest. I really feel like at the time I wanted it and I thought it was fun and I was like exploring. And, you know, obviously I consented to everything, whatever, but I do feel like it was a bit groomy, you know? Um, yeah. Bit traumatic. Like looking back, I'm like, yikes. Like why didn't anyone stop that? You know? Um, so I just, ah, like, I'm like, I think it's fine. And I kind of think when you get past that age of being like past your, you know, 20, 20s, 25 or whatever, then it's kind of like, oh, the lines can be blurred. Like, I think it's so cute when you hear of like couples and someone's like, Oh, he was like 65 and she's like, you know, 50, but like, they just love each other and they work so well together and whatever. Like, that's great. Fuck it. I, you know, that's fine. Whatever. That's great. But, uh, yeah, I think that it can get a bit sketchy, even if you're above 18. And obviously this is, I don't, I don't feel like I have to say this, but if you are like 16 and he's what, seven years older than that, 23, no, babe, no, babe, no. Okay. Take it down a notch. Don't go for it. Okay. When I was 14. I had a relationship with someone who was 18 and that should not have happened. <laughs> so yeah, maybe don't do that. <laughs> maybe don't date underage people. Okay. That would be sick. Next question. Thinking about slash missing someone I just caught contact with having dreams about them. It's almost unbearable though. I don't, I, I know they don't take me seriously. 
what to do. Sorry, this message was just like, I feel like I just read a code. <laughs> okay. So thinking about missing someone, but you've cut contact with them. You're having dreams about them. And like, you're like, oh my God, this is unbearable. Like, I literally don't know what to do, but you cut ties with them. Okay, look, if you cut ties with someone, it doesn't mean that your brain is gonna also cut ties with them. Like, you can say to yourself like, oh, I don't think this person is good for me and I don't want to be with this person. So I'm not gonna message this person or this person's hurt me or whatever. I'm gonna respect myself enough to blah, 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 blah. But your dreams don't give a fuck. Like your brain doesn't give a fuck. Like it, it, will, it will torment you. And um, that will stop over time. It will, you know, it will, but you have to let it catch up and that sucks. And every time you need to just choose yourself, every time you need to choose to tell yourself it was just a dream. You need to tell yourself, you know, I deserve better, whatever. People sometimes get a bit too woo woo with stuff like this. And they're like, no, maybe this means he's my soulmate. Like I can't stop thinking about him. I can tell you right now, that's, that's not the fucking situation here. Okay. I can just, I'm telling you it's not. Okay. If someone doesn't treat you with respect and doesn't actually align with what you want in a partner, but you like are really attracted to them or you seem to really like their vibe. That's good and all have a fun time with them. But you know, if you, you know, if you are happy to have that without, you know, it being toxic or whatever, that's great. But yeah, look, you have to choose yourself. You have to choose yourself and you have to remind yourself that you, you are not your thoughts. You are not your dreams. That's not the secret true version of you. It's not, it's fucking not. You are you and what you choose to be. And um, yeah, ditch them, fucking ditch them. Okay, next question. <laughs> what types of products do you use that are clean and non-harmful, fragrance-free, et cetera? Um, I use Dermalogica for all of my skincare. Um, what else do I use? I use Kosas, Kosas, Kosas um, deodorant. That's perfume free because I don't like to use perfume on my body. It's very rare that I actually wear a perfume. Um, usually I just wear like essential oils and shit like that because my body does not like fragrance and my it just, I, it's not good for me. <laughs> it's not good for anyone actually. Yeah, you can learn a lot about that in my other episodes, but yeah, it's not great. Um, other than that, um, what type of products? Oh, I use Aveda. I use all Aveda hair care and... That's all I can think of. Sorry, I'm not really your beauty beauty guru gal. <laughs> so I might not be that helpful with this. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I've talked about this in other episodes. So if you want to go listen to some other episodes, uh, I think the birth control one, I talk about it randomly um, because I talk about like endocrine disruptors and hormone health and all that shit. So there you go. Next question. Um, how do you maintain friendships in adulthood? Fuck, this is a good question. Actually, I made a podcast episode called Making Friends in Your 20s, I think. Something like that. Um, so I talk all about it there. I would say quick quick notes on that is you have to be intentional. Um, it's not like when you went to school and you're just going to be around the people you're going to be around. And also maybe you work with people, but you don't actually really want to be like friends. Like they're work friends, but like, you're not like, okay, these are my friends, you know? Um, you have to be intentional. You have to like seek out friendships as if you seek out dating and plan to hang out with people and plan to invest your time in people and ask a lot of questions and also just be like open to finding relationships in different ways. Like be open to having a conversation with someone randomly, like, I don't know, in a shop or like something and be like, Oh my God, you're so funny. Oh my God, I should get your Instagram. Like it's, it's not weird. Don't be, don't worry about being fucking weird. People love when people love them. 
People love when people are interested in them or are like, oh, I want to, I'd love to like hang out with you. Like that's just flattering to people. Worst thing that happens is they like don't end up wanting to hang out with you, but at least you put yourself out there because if you do that three times, at least one of them is going to be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's hang out. And it might be great. It might literally be your best friend for the rest of your life. So don't like just rest your ego aside and just talk to people. It's fine. Not everyone's going to like you. They're not meant to, but you'll find people that way. So there you go. Next question, creating boundaries with parents once you moved out. Ooh, how to create boundaries. Um, This is something I actually went through a really kind of tough time with this because I moved to Australia. So people would probably think like, well, you don't have that problem. You literally just left the country. Yes, but also then the how much we would talk, how much we would FaceTime, how much um, my parents or whatever opinions were a part of my decisions, all that, those things changed. And I had a bit of a hard go with it because I always felt a bit bad for making my own decisions and choosing to do things that I knew they almost wouldn't approve of. But I just was like, no, this is what's good for me. You know, um, I just think you have to be honest. I think you have to be clear about your boundaries. You have to obviously communicate your boundaries. And if they don't respect your boundaries, you have to be serious about what that then means for your relationship with them. And that could mean, okay, your mom's texting you like, hey, I really think that you shouldn't post this thing. Or, hey, I really think that, you know, you shouldn't be dating this guy. He's no good for you, whatever. You have to be able to say, hey, I love you, but I actually am not asking for your opinion on this thing. And I want you to know that if you do continue to give your opinion on this thing, I'm not going to be comfortable to talk to you about relationships or about this thing or even potentially about a lot of other things because I lose that trust with you and I want to have that trust with you. Um, and you just have to be clear about what you're going to allow them to say and, and what space you're allowing them to hold in your life because that's your choice regardless of if they're your parents. It is 100% your choice what people you allow to have a voice in your life and on what topics. So it's up to you. You got to decide what those boundaries are and try to be understanding that it's also a tough transition for them. And that's something that I think I really had to learn was how hard of a transition it actually is for a parent, especially if you're like the youngest. Oh my God. And I am. So that's, it's hard. It's really hard for them. Um, but just communicate to them like, Hey, I would love you to, you know, understand my point of view. I would love for you to have some empathy in this situation. And I would love to have a good conversation about this and just be honest with you. And that's all you can do. And if they don't respect it, then unfortunately you don't talk to them about those things anymore, or you don't talk to them as much and they kind of figure out, fuck, if I keep doing this, they're not going to talk to me. And all I'm going to say from personal experience is they will learn and they, they'll understand. And eventually they will likely even be like, oh shit, I'm sorry. I was overstepping. And that's called actually working on a relationship and healing a relationship. So it's worth it, but you gotta be honest and you gotta figure out what you want and then just be clear about it. Okay. I feel like I have a lot more questions and I need to go faster because we're getting to my hour mark. And I usually try to make them like an hour. Okay. Question. Next question. How can I give pleasure to myself without watching porn? I can't force, um, I can't focus to do it only with my imagination. Okay. Good question. Fuck. It's so hard. Porn is something that just really gets you. Like it really can make you reliant on it. It's literally like a drug and your brain actually does see it that way. It's, there's a really good website called fight the new drug and it talks all about that. It's so interesting. And I think something is first of all, trying to get rid of the shame, the fact that you want to watch porn 
It's fine, okay? That's very natural. I would argue almost everybody has seen porn at some point in their life, okay? Um, It's just one of those things, and you're completely normal. It's totally fine. Don't stress that this is something that you're struggling with. Try to change your mindset from, oh, I really can't do this. Fuck, I really wish I didn't have to watch porn. Try to change your mindset to like, I would love to have an experience that is sexual that doesn't relate back to porn. I would love to have a new sexual experience where I feel free to open up my mind without... um, watching something. Um, I would say that there are other options. There are, there's like, I guess this is still technically porn, but there's like audio porn, which the only reason I recommend this is like a step down is because it's going to be less visually stimulating, obviously, because there's no visual. It gives you more space to then feel that much more in your body, which could be like a good bridging situation. Um, And yeah, I think that's kind of like a good way to jump kind of like down a bit. Um, I mean, you can also try to like wean yourself off a little bit, like bit by bit, like, oh, you watch a little bit and then it's like, okay, now I'm going to not watch it. And then I'm going to like keep masturbating or whatever. That's another way to kind of do it. There's a lot of ways that people will do this. And if you want to kind of read more like actual tips from people who have worked in this field for a long time, like specifically talking about porn addiction, all that kind of stuff. Um, go to fight the new org. I think you'll just Google it. Okay. We, we all have internet. Okay. It's fine. Um, just look it up and it, that will be really helpful for you. Um, but yeah, I think just understanding that like getting this new mindset of like, I really want to explore and I want to feel more, um, in my body. And I want to feel more present and porn is not helping me with that. So I'm going to choose to start to do something different rather than being like, oh, I hate this. Why am I like this? What's wrong with me? Because there's nothing wrong with you. And I think usually in most situations, shame makes it worse and makes you not as good at defeating the thing or like working through the thing. Usually shame just makes you feel 10 times worse and then you make a worse decision because your brain is like, now I really need a dopamine hit because I feel like shit. And so then you're going to watch more porn. (laughs) So next question, any advice for people with that post-college depression? I don't know if this has been asked from a college, like Hillsong College standpoint, like the college Sam and I went to, you know, where we got our ass beaten. Just just kidding. We didn't. But um, spiritually, yes. Emotionally, yes. Mentally, yes. Um, Or if this is like just generally college, um, I reckon any big life change is going to potentially cause you to have like anxiety or, you know, depression or like some sort of mental thing. Big life changes are really hard, like on any scale. And I think just finding new things to do with your time and looking ahead at going into doing new things and being proud of yourself for making it as far as you've made it. And I would say if this is from a perspective of Hillsong College, which this doesn't really speak to heaps of people, but I will say, um, just heal, (laughs) go see a counselor, (laughs) go see someone who specializes in trauma. (laughs) Okay. You're going to need it. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, but you'll make it out. You'll make it out alive. I did. You'll be, you'll be here. You'll be fine. Okay. I got you. Just hit me up. We'll talk about it. How did you build the courage to leave the church? It's not for me, but my family are very pressuring when it comes to religion. Okay, interesting. Um, Oh, how did I build the courage? Well, first of all, I got a visa so that I didn't have to legally stay in the church. (laughs) Fuck. 
Uh, other than that, um, I was honestly, the courage was just me being fed up. I was pissed. I watched friends of mine who were gay get kicked out. I had my, I was shamed over and over and over and over when it came to my sex life and how I presented myself. Um, I was fed so much shit and I was so angry and I was like, fuck it. I was so bitter and I'm not really bitter anymore. I have more of like a soft spot where I feel quite bad about people who are in the situation. And I have a bit of a balance where I respect people who are involved in it, who are trying to be a part of the solution. I don't think the only answer is to leave. I definitely don't think that. And I know I have people that listen to this podcast that are Christian and I, I'm not saying you shouldn't be a Christian ever. I totally respect you having your views and living in line with a, like a, a morally, good version of Christianity. I do think that exists. Um, I know some people who are Christian who are, um, progressive Christian and like, I think that's great. You know, that's fine. That's chill. If that's what makes you happy. Love that. But, um, I think when it comes to leaving the courage is just, you have to be angry enough and (laughs) you have to choose again, you have to choose for yourself. It's hard. Leaving the church is one of the hardest things I've done. And it's funny because people in the church will always be like, you know, oh, they're just leaving because they want to sin and it's, they just want to not start. Like leaving the church is hard. You're literally leaving a foundation that you've had for however many years. You're choosing to say, like it, you're choosing to admit to yourself, like I think I just spent a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort on something that I 100% actually don't agree with anymore. And that's really hard. That's really shit. And it's something that you can just sit and you can avoid for as long as possible. Or you can choose to be like, no, you know what? That's okay. And I forgive myself and I have empathy for myself and I'm on a journey. And I only know what I know right now. And two years ago, I didn't know what I know right now. And you have to have empathy for your past self and, you know, every version of you. And it's totally fine. Um, Yeah. And I think just talking about it with other people, I think finding people who are safe to ask questions about, you know, Christianity things and have those conversations with as many people as possible. Talk to people who have left the church um, and ask them what their life is like now since leaving the church. And like, I'm sure they will be encouraging towards you. I know I will be. (laughs) Um, I'm not trying to convince anyone to not be a Christian. Okay. I'm just, I, it has, my life is a insanely, better insanely I'm so much happier I'm so much more free I'm finally doing the shit I want to do and I'm not constantly making decisions based off of shame and that has been a huge part of like my story so (laughs) anyways gonna get a little deep here sorry about that next question tips on overcoming oh we're getting back into it tips on overcoming religious sexual shame just want to have a normal relationship with sex you and me both, bitch. <laughs> like, um, yeah, no. Um, I think go talk to a counselor who like genuinely talks about trauma and shame in the church and all these things, who makes you feel normal for it. And um, just do some research and hear other people's perspectives. Like uh, God is Gray. She's really good. She's got like a podcast and she's like a big social media person. So God is Gray is really great. Um, oh, there's another one. Oh, The Naked Pastor is another one that's really good. Um, Yeah, just like 
follow people and hear other people's stories and don't feel like your whole world is all Christians because even if you feel like that, it's not. I felt like at one point everyone I knew was a Christian, but that's just how the church makes you feel. I don't explain it. Like they want you to be like in their thing. Like don't leave this thing, you know? And if you leave this thing, you're fucked, but you're not just, you know, um, and overcoming sexual shame. It's just one step at a time, one step at a time, retraining your brain to not cry after sex. (laughs) Lol. Um, retraining yourself to not feel shame after masturbation or whatever. And doing that alongside a professional and I feel like I have a podcast episode on this if you want to go listen to that. Okay, I've just looked quick. There's one, episode 17 is bisexuality Q&A plus tips on exploring your sexuality. That one I talk about it. And then I believe Sam and I talk about it as well on our relationship Q&A, which is episode 11. So I'm pretty sure those are the only times I really talked about it. Oh, and we also talked about it in episode 23, Relationship Seasons. And Sam's on that one as well. So you can hear his perspective, which is quite cool. You get to hear from like a guy as well. So a guy, a bro, a dude. Okay, anyways, moving on. I'm like, yeah, I need to go faster. And then I'm like, just fucking chilling. Um, Next question. I'm struggling with accepting my bisexuality, but I'm also a Christian. I know you used to be involved in the church. So I was wondering if you'd be able to share your thought process with me. I don't have anyone to talk about it. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, everything I just said, go listen to the podcast and yeah, it's, um, it's something that you accept more and more every day to the point that you learn to embrace it and you learn to love it. And, um, you can make it as much as a part of your personality as you want to, or you don't have to, and you can literally tell no one and you can just live your life being like, I'm bisexual, but I'm probably just going to date men or I'm probably just going to date women and whatever. It's fine. I'm just not going to name myself and that's fine. You do whatever you want. It's just, you have to go bit by bit and follow people that make you feel confident in it. And who's someone else that's good? Um, Jen, shit, what's her last name? Her book is called Greedy. It's by Jen Winston. That book changed my life, changed my life. If you're bisexual, read that book yesterday, okay? Next question is, How to embrace my bisexuality while being in a straight appearing relationship, especially for someone who never got queer experiences before. Okay, yes, this is different because, oh, it's hard. Hey, when you're with someone and everyone is just gonna obviously assume you're straight, but you're bi, it can feel very invalidating. It can feel like, you know, people just think I'm straight and that kind of bothers you because you're like, I've fought so hard to finally know that I'm not straight and like to be okay with it. And now like no one cares. <laughs> um, I think you need to know that it's most important that you know, and that you are confident in it and it doesn't really matter what other people think. Um, but also too, just like making sure that your partner knows that you feel that way and having open and honest conversations about it. Like Sam and I have had some very honest conversations. And what's funny is when I first came out as bi, he didn't at first he was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Love that for you. And then like, he didn't realize that he would have like follow up kind of questions and feelings about it. And I didn't really ask him about it. And I should have, because one day he did kind of come to me and he was like, I thought, you know, sometimes I just think that you have like two kind of glasses that you want filled. And right now I'm only filling one of those and you'll forever have like this half empty glass. And I was like, wow, like I don't feel that way at all. And I'm so happy that you brought this to me because I don't want you thinking that or feeling that way. Like I have always just been open to anybody. I have always been that way. And I am, I'm so in love with you and I don't ever think, you know, oh, I, 
I wish I had like, I don't know, a woman and a man. And like, that's what I want. Like, that's not bisexuality. You know, it's, it's that, that you have the openness to both sides. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, as someone who I've said, you know, I said in this episode, I've never actually dated a woman like long-term or anything. And, um, yeah, I have wondered what that would be like. And if I would ever do that and who knows, maybe one day, um, you know, we'll see, but right now, no. And that's fine. And that's fine. And the fact, honestly, just the idea that Sam and I've had a conversation where we've said, Hey, if we ever open up, like, that's a chance for you to open up into exploring your sexuality a little bit more. And I'm happy for you to do that. Just the fact that I know that Sam has said that to me and we've had that conversation. It's like, so, it's so nice for me. It makes me feel like, wow, like even if I, if I don't want anything right now, that's great. But if I ever do, and I have this fear of like, what if I do one day, I don't have to fear anymore. And so that I'm very grateful for him. He's just super open and it's amazing. Um, but look, if you're not in that situation and your per- person's like, no, you know, definitely want to be monogamous forever with you, whatever. Um, I think it's just being honest with them that you have wished that and you have wondered that and to kind of dig a little bit deeper personally about it and maybe even go talk to like a sexologist um, or like really just a counselor, anyone who does also really specialize though in LGBTQ um, discussions, I guess. And yeah, just talk about that and think about that. And then you can assess like, is that urge to want that with a woman stronger than my urge and my genuine want to be with this person. And if it is, that's totally fine. But if it's not, at least you've taken the time to really ask yourself that question. And then you can decide what you want to do going forward. Okay. Next question. This question is so funny. Someone asked, when did masturbating become a bigger thing for you? (laughs) A bigger thing. What? what makes you think that masturbating is a big thing in my life? Okay. Who, what would have made you think that? Um, yeah, look, I, from, I was very young. I was actually quite young. It's actually interesting. A lot of people are very, very young when they start masturbating, but they don't actually know what it is because we're not really taught about it. So most people tend to feel a lot of shame around it when they first start doing it. And I, I think I've talked, I think I talked about this on my masturbation podcast. I actually have an episode all about it. Um, where I had like a paper calendar in my bedroom and I used to write a little X on all the days that I masturbated. And I would literally be like, next month there's going to be less X's. Like I felt like it was this bad thing that I wasn't supposed to be doing. Isn't that so sad? Fuck, that makes me so sad. I'm going to tell my kids about masturbation. 100%. I can't even believe that. I wasn't taught about that, but I mean, a lot of people weren't. So it's not, I'm not saying, oh, my parents suck. I'm just saying it's, it sucks that that was a part of my life. Um, and that there was shame around it from the get go. Um, yeah, it's always been a thing for me. Um, I don't know (laughs) all, all day, every day, baby. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I, I, I love it. Love to see it. Okay. We have a few more. How was your family when you came out as bisexual? Did they gaslight you and tell you that it's not a real thing? Um, no, (laughs) they were actually amazing. I'm very thankful. Uh, We don't really talk about it. Like, I kind of told my mom before I put it in a podcast because I was like, she might kind of want me to tell her, or at least I didn't want there to be this weird, like, shock value thing that happened. But she was like, yeah, I've always known that you liked women. Like, you have told me you think women are hot sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, true, I guess. (laughs) So, yeah she's always known. And my dad doesn't really care. I don't think I've actually ever heard my dad say anything about it. 
and I don't want to, so I don't really care, to be honest. Uh, they're a Christian, you know, and I reckon if I had ended up with a woman, they would be like, we don't think that's God's plan for you, or at least maybe they, you would have said that back in the day, but they're a bit more lax now, so I don't know. Who knows? Um, they were supportive, though. They definitely have never said anything, like, super negative. I've had, like, some extended family be a bit like, mm, why does she post stuff like that? Like she's leading people away from God, like some kind of shit like that. But honestly, I don't care. I don't care. Oh, I, I'll take the L. Like it's so worth it. I, I don't care. If I'm talking to people about shit they don't get to hear anywhere else and I have people messaging me like, oh my God, I thought it was the only one. That's worth it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> Another advice piece. Someone said, would you dump your boyfriend after two years if they swiped up on another girl's story? Oh, um, I, well, I, uh, what did they say? <laughs> I don't know. Um, like, I don't know. Say Sam, if I somehow found out that Sam swiped up on someone's story, I don't know, like this week and was like, damn bitch, you look so hot. Like, I feel like I would just be like, why did you do that? Like, I wouldn't be like a, oh my God, you cheated on me. It's fucking over. I would just be like, babe, like clearly you want to not just be with me right now. So do you want to talk about that or what? I would be more like, why aren't you just being honest with me? I just, I'm a big trust person. I'm like, I'm pretty down for a lot of shit, <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, I want to trust you and I want to know what's going on. And as long as like we're both being honest, like I would rather hear things that are hard to hear or I'd rather you tell me like I'm attracted to this person and me be like, oh, okay. And then process it together. Then you like make this little secret in your head, you know, that's just how I am personally. I would way rather that. And so, yeah, I mean, no, to be honest, if I was you, I would not. I would open up a conversation and be like, hey, what the fuck's that about? And I would try not to come at it with anger. Um, but it depends a lot on your history with this person and whether or not you trust them in general, if it was like very out of character or if it was like, oh, here he goes again. Because <laughs> if it's like that, then I don't know. I reckon it's time. <laughs> I reckon he's out of there. Okay. He's off the Rasta. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. If you know, you know. If you know you should break up with him, you know. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. If you know you should break up with someone, the amount of times I have talked to people and I have been in this situation before, lol, stayed in a relationship for a solid year longer than I probably should have. Um, I knew that whole time I should have broke up with that person the whole time. And I just was chilling. Like, don't do that. End it. Okay. You're worth more. Next question. Oh my God. We only have a few more left. Ah, I'm sorry. This episode's a bit longer, guys. Hopefully you're just chilling, having a nice time like me. Question is, how to know the difference between inner doubt and the universe testing you? Ooh, okay. Look, I'm pretty, mm, mm, I'm open to the idea of the universe, I guess, in general. I definitely believe in like spirituality and like manifestation and all that kind of shit. So I guess technically I believe in like the universe or there being something, a power of sorts, you know, I believe in there being realms outside of the physical um, when it comes to the universe or whatever that thing is testing you, I don't necessarily feel like I assume that the universe is going to test me. I don't really have that. I, even the way that I've ever applied my relationship, when I applied the intuition that I had to Christianity and I would say, you know, oh, it's the voice of God, whatever. 
it was so warped because it was constantly being backed with like, oh, well, does it align with the Bible? Okay, that's how you know if it's right or wrong. Now it's more of like, I just really trust my intuition. And if I feel like something's wrong or I feel like someone is sketchy for whatever reason, I just like, don't go for it. I just really trust it. And it's helped me with a lot of things. I've actually, my last episode, I talk about, no, two episodes ago, I talk about visualization and I talk a bit about intuition in there. If you want to hear a bit more about this woo woo conversation, but, um, I don't know if I think it tests you. I actually not, I'm not sure if I even think that. I think that you should trust your gut feelings about things and that, but with a grain of salt, because you also have a lot of learned ideals about your life, society, the world, relationships, all that shit. You've been taught all of it. And so you have to figure out what you think is right for you. And if say, for example, the idea of an open relationship, right? Just as a, you know, seems to be an ongoing topic in today's episode. Um, if that, is like, oh, that makes me feel bad. Does that make you feel bad because it's you think it wouldn't work for you or because you've been told it's bad? And that's when you have to do a bit more of like the inner work to figure that out so you can actually decipher what is intuition and what is your body or your brain reacting to what you already know. And that does take growing your intuition, which I could do a whole podcast episode on. <laughs> or you could just go listen to my manifestation like visualization one. And I talk about it there as well. Next question. I've been single for so long. This guy came into my life recently who I like, but I don't know if I'm attracted to him. And I keep coming up with reasons why I don't like him, but I think I'm just talking myself out of it slash self-sabotaging. He is cute, but I just feel like I will lose my freedom slash time alone. Yeah, look, you've already told me you don't think he's attractive and you're scared that you're not going to have time with him and all these things. I do think that you could be like self-sabotaging if you have like a backstory of why you wouldn't want a relationship like a, a bad ex or some shit like that you know maybe um but I will say that when Sam and I first started talking I didn't know if I was attracted to him either <laughs> to be honest I didn't like I'm definitely attracted to him <laughs> I can tell you that now but at the time I was like I didn't even have any intentions to like be with him. I just didn't see him in that way. It wasn't to do with like how he looked. It was more to do with like, like I said, that vibe. Like, I don't really, I don't know. It's like, I don't see physical appearance in that way. Someone can be like in theory, like conventionally unattractive or like maybe not what people would think I would be interested in. But the moment I like click with someone, it's like, ooh, like it hits me, you know, that's when it hits me. So I'm a bit weird to kind of ask this too. Cause I'm like, I'm not just like, are they a six? Are they a 10? It doesn't fucking matter to me. Um, but it's about the vibe. It's all about the vibe. I think worse comes to worse. You give it a go. And then like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Or if you need to like create boundaries around how much time you spend together because you're doing other stuff, that's fine. And just be like honest about that from the get go. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being honest about that. Any tips on starting a podcast? Just do it. Just do it. If you have a phone that has a microphone on it, you can download Anchor or go to the Anchor website. That's how I post my episodes. And you can post it on Spotify within like a few hours. Just do that shit. Do it, okay? You don't need to have fancy equipment. You don't need to have like a whole like idea of like 10 episodes Think of one thing that you think is interesting, one thing that you would want to share about, one thing that you're good at that you think people would trust your opinion on, whatever, and then just start doing it and have fun with it. 
and see if you enjoy it. Cause if you might start doing it and be like, I actually don't like this. Like that happened with me in YouTube videos. I started, I don't know if you guys would remember this. You probably don't. Um, but during lockdown, I made like two or three YouTube videos. I think they're still up actually. Yikes. Um, and yeah, I did it and I didn't like them. I like, I was like, fuck, that took me so long to edit. I felt really self-conscious being in front of the camera, blah, 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 blah. And that's when I was like, hmm, do I want to just like make a podcast? <laughs> and now here we are. So um, see if you like it and just give it a go because it's not worth going and buying all this shit and then potentially just like not actually following through. You need to like test that before. And also you can just do it and not post it to your socials and not try to promote it. Just see if you can get comfortable doing it first. Cause that's actually what I did. I post, I had like four episodes and I actually hadn't shared it to anyone. So no one had actually listened to it yet, but it was so that when people got on my page, it wasn't like, here's my one podcast episode. It's like, here's my little cache of them. And I'm going to start making a bunch more. And then that gives people more like trust with you. So I reckon like that's a really good setup. Um, but yeah, anchor is really good. Just do it. Just do it. It's so easy. It's actually so much easier than you would think. <laughs> the other thing, cause I'm not going to go and sit here and tell you like, Oh, the best microphone for podcast. Like, I'm not going to go and tell you all that shit. No one cares about that. But, um, just literally Google like how to start a podcast. I Google everything guys. That's how, the only way I've gotten anywhere in life is just by Googling stuff. And, um, yeah, just literally look up like what mic should I get for a podcast? How to put up a new podcast, how to blah, 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 blah. You have to go through all that planning shit at the start. It's fine. You know, you got to create a bio. You got to create a little image. You got to do all that stuff. So you got to be committed to the cause. Oh my God. I don't know how this question ended up this far in my list, but um, this question is, have you ever experimented with kink? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm very happy that this question was worded this way because kink is so broad. <laughs> so my answer is yes. Yes, I have. Um, yeah, kink can be so many things. It can be like rope play, role play, like sub dom play, like so many things. So yeah, yep, love that. Um, actually, you know what's funny? Sam and I did a online test this week to figure out what our kinks are, which I mean, like obviously we would kind of know things off the top of our head, but it, it asks you questions without just being like, do you like rope play to help you try to figure out what they are based off the other things that you kind of like, like in your life and like the current things that you already do in your sex life, which I thought was really cool. So you guys should definitely do that because I thought that was so sick. And I just like screenshotted it and sent it to him and he was like, oh my God. And it was so fun. Yeah. So it's actually kind of something we're getting a bit into right now, but, um, yeah, I guess more getting into it more. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to explore. It's really, it's really exciting to explore with someone too. Like I would definitely encourage you if you're ever getting bored in your sex life. Oh my God. Just like Google like any kink and then just like try it. Like there's so many things you can do. <laughs> Go to a sex shop. That's another thing. Go to a sex shop. They'll help you. It's fun. Oh my God. This is my last question. Someone said how to make your Instagram aesthetic pleasing to look at. Aesthetically pleasing. Um, yeah, look, I don't really think I try that much. I actually don't. Um, I used to really try with my Instagram feed and then I kind of gave up because I was like, honestly, photos that are just like filler photos don't perform well. And like, why am I bombarding people with shitty photos just so I can like have a cool feed? Like honestly, not worth it. So now I use a few different apps. I use an app called Unfold and that's how I like plan my feed. So I do still plan it just to see what it's going to look like. But even if it looks like shit, honestly, it doesn't even stop me. I'm just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to post it. <laughs> so there's that. I use Lightroom. 
and I use some presets. Ah, oh, what are they? I forget where I got them. I think I got them off like Etsy. There's so many. Just if you go on Etsy, you can buy them. They're like a few dollars. And then it's like six presets. You just download the folder and then you download it to Lightroom. And then you can just apply it that way. Super easy. And then you can also obviously toggle around with all the different things with Lightroom. Um, other than that, I don't know. That's all I have to say. I use Splice for video editing. I use Dazcam for some of the photos I do on my story that are just like kind of film looking not that you're trying to do that. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all I do. I don't have any colors. I don't really try that much. I use Canva to do like my highlight things. That's it. That's literally it. Oh my God, guys, that was a long ass episode. I'm, are you okay? Are you okay? Cause I'm not okay. No, I am actually okay. I had a fun time. I hope you had a fun time. I hope you feel like you know more about me now. Cause I don't really, Often in my episodes, I try not to get too personal because if we're talking about a certain subject, I want people to learn for themselves. I don't want them to feel like they're listening to my weird sex stories. Like, I feel like that's not what people look for when they're looking for like, you know, why can't I orgasm? And I'm just like, here's how I do it. Like, that's not what people want. So (laughs) I generally don't talk about myself like this that much. But if you guys want me to do this again ever I totally will because I mean it's super fun for me and just super chill um so yeah if you want it again please let me know let me know that you enjoyed this episode so I have feedback on that so I can know what to do for the future um and that's basically it if you guys have any like requests to talk about certain subjects I have like a whole list of things that I want to do right now but if you have anything I can add to that list, send it through. If you want to follow me on Instagram or TikTok, it's Alyssa Taylor Harper, which I will link in the description for this episode as per usual. And I will make sure to link some of the things that I mentioned in today's episode, like the fight the new drug for getting over the porn addiction and maybe like a sex shop and like a few fun things so that you guys have some little links. I'll go through it and kind of make sure I I get everything down there. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you had a nice time. I know I did. Um, And follow the podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. It helps me, helps other people see it. It's a good time. So thank you so much. Have a lovely day and I will see you next week. Bye guys. (laughs) 